0: welcome to the relationship church podcast this is our midweek service where we dive deeper into the word of god studying the bible together as a body we invite you to grab your bibles open your minds and prepare to search the scriptures with us we are relationship church the whole life church
1: Be made conformable
0: unto his death,
1: if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Father, bless this word, bless this teaching, bless the ears of those who are hearing. And take us to another level in you and under, another understanding in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Title of this message is The Heavenly Prize. Heavenly Prize. A saint to God, there is a growing problem in the earth today. There was a growing problem. And this problem has been around for a long time, but as we see the world gets more and more evil, more and more stale, more and more appeasing to the flesh and wild ideas. Uh, They're getting away, even the church. There's a growing problem in the church. And this is the fact that people have lost interest and focus on heaven and focus on the return of the Lord and focused on life after death. We are a very, uh, we're in a time where people are satisfying and gratifying their flesh and what they can do for themselves today. And they're living for what they can do today and not uh, preparing themselves for the return of the Lord. They're not preparing themselves for life After death, they're not preparing themselves for the life after this one. They're really focusing on what they can get done here and what they could have here and how they look here and and their reputations here. And what God is trying to get the saints to return back to. Yes, he can bless you here. But your, your mind should also be on there. Heaven his return, your life after this one. That's why so much evil are in the world. People are satisfying the flesh. Philippians 3 and 18 says, For many walk, for whom I have told you after, and now tell you even weeping, that they are enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, meaning their appetite their appetite, their flesh, the things they want, that's their God. And he's saying it means that they live by their fleshly appetites. And we even seen it in our schools. The world is so crazy that they're bringing all kinds of ideologies in our school. We're moving farther and farther away from the things of God. Who knows what the world is going to be like in 10 years? But they're looking to gratifying their flesh and to gratifying what they want and to gratifying these earthly things. And even Romans eight and five says, for they that are after the flesh do mind, meaning they are concerned about the flesh, the things of the flesh. Second Timothy three and one through two, it says men shall be lovers of themselves, covetous, boasters, proud, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. This is what we are seeing. Not only do we have a general population, not only has a general population lost concern for the afterlife, but the saints, we haven't, we're not hearing or being warned or being told about the coming of the Lord anymore. We're not hearing it in our ears. We're not hearing it in our sermons. It's not in our Uh, Christian videos and different things like that. we're, We're not hearing get ready for the return of the Lord. We have become more interested, even the church, on what we can do here. But our job is to be ready for the coming of the Lord. Our job is to not be so focused on earth that we forfeit the blessing the eternal blessing that God is trying to get us. There's actually nothing here. There's no financial blessing. There's no physical blessing. There's no church blessing. There's, I don't care how, what kind of pastor you are. I don't care how many people God blesses you with if you have a mega church or not. There is actually no blessing here that can compare to what you receive on the other side. Ah, glory to God. And there are people who are losing their lives focusing on how much I can get here when they don't realize that the blessings here pale in comparison to the blessings on the other side. The life here pales in comparison to the life that you'll receive on the other side. The body that you have here pales in comparison is nothing compares to the body that you receive on the other side. Paul in our text he's expressing this very interesting idea. He's expressing the idea that there is something or some place or some stage that he, even the great Paul, even the great. One of the greatest preachers of all time, one of the men who, in my opinion, was so close to God. He is expressing there's something, there's a place that even I haven't reached yet. There's a stage in my salvation. There's a stage in my walk that I haven't even reached yet. Even the great Paul, he said, I'm not complete. Verse 10 says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. Then verse 11 says, if, says if, it says, if by any means I might. Ah, glory to God. Meaning he's still running a race because he's not guaranteed that he's going to get it. Yeah, he, he has to live a life for it. He says, if by any means I might attain. And the word attain means to reach as an end. He said, he said, I want to know him, the fellowship of his, the power of his resurrection. I want to know the power that got him up from the grave. And I want to know the fellowship of his sufferings. He said, but there's a reason why I want to know this. There's a reason why I want to live right, so that I might attain, so that I might reach a certain destination. So that I might achieve what God is calling me to achieve so that I might get to this level that I haven't gotten to yet. Verse 12 says, and that's why he said he said, I might arrive unto the resurrection of the dead. I might experience it. I haven't experienced it yet. I might experience it. And that's what we're all doing. We're, we're, we're fighting. We're living holy. We're striving to please God. We're washing the blood so that we can at some point get to that stage. Oh, glory! That glorious stage. And Paul is saying, yes. He's saying, verse 12, he says, not as though I had already attained it. So he saying, don't get it twisted. I know we hold it. I know we saved. I know we've been at church for the last 20 years, and I know we've been great. We've had great revivals, and we've we've had all kinds of healings, but he said, I haven't already attained it yet. He said, either have I already been perfected. He said, all the great things you see me do, I still haven't reached that level. Paul is saying, he says, there's, there's still a place that i got to go. Oh, glory to God, I hope you hear me. I have reached the mountaintop in ministry. I have traveled the world and preached. This is what Paul's saying. I have seen all kinds of strange things, but there's still a level in God that I haven't reached yet. And that's what God is saying to some of you. You've been saved for a long time, but you still got a lot to learn. Oh, glory to God. You've seen miracles, but you still got some levels that you got to go. Hallelujah to God. You, you've baptized people. You, you've helped people move. Uh, you've, you've helped birth people into the Holy Ghost. You've raised all kinds of money for the church. You've given to the poor, but don't think you're that good. There's still a level that you have to attain. God, ah, you can still fumble the ball. God, glory to God. Paul said that I might. I might get there. He said, there's a resurrection that hasn't taken place yet. There's an event that hasn't happened yet. And if I'm not careful, I can miss it. Ah, glory to God. If I get too big-headed and too involved in this life that I forfeit my salvation, Ah, glory to God. If I get too involved on in trying to be famous and try to be like Apollos and try to be this and try to be that and keep up with the Joneses and, and, and miss out on the true things of God, I might miss this level. And there's a lot of people who are going to start out good. And even the Bible says they're going to be a great falling away because they thought they achieved a level where God said, you haven't gotten to yet. You still got a little safe. And Paul said, I'm looking forward to this level. I'm looking forward to this resurrection. I'm looking forward to this ultimate top, this ultimate level. He said, I'm looking forward to it. He says, so there's a resurrection that I haven't gotten to yet. And you might say, what resurrection is he talking about? You might ask yourself, aren't I already revived? Haven't I been raised from a dead state in my spirit? You might quote, Romans 5 and 17, you might say, for if by one man's offense death reign by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. And then you might want to quote Romans 6 and 4, which says, therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like us Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father even so, we also should walk in the newness of life. You might say, I'm, I'm, I'm revived. I'm, I'm resurrected already. You might want to quote again, Romans 6 and 11 says, Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. Hallelujah. But alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Then Romans 6 and 13 says, neither yield yourself members as instrument of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Then last verse, you might want to quote Romans 8 and 10. And it says, and if by Christ, if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit of life is. Is righteous is is the spirit of life because of righteousness, and then it says, "Buried with buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead." So you might look at all those scriptures and say, "Elder Caleb, all those scriptures says I've been resurrected, I've been alive, I've been raised from the dead, I've I've I obtained that level of resurrection." You might want to combat me with those scriptures and say, there's nothing else I need to do. I've been raised. I've been resurrected. And so you might say, aren't we alive already? Aren't we now alive? Aren't we, haven't we reached that pinnacle? And the answer is yes, you might have reached some kind of resurrection. But Paul is talking about the resurrection of the dead. He's talking about something that was different than what I just explained. He's talking about a future resurrection of the body. Glory to God. Not just the spirit. What I talked about before was a resurrection of your spirit. Hallelujah to God. A resurrection of the inner man that God brought alive. But be, just because your spirit has been resurrected doesn't mean that this body is going to try to work with it. Even alive as a Christian right now, even right now while you're sitting in your seat, you're wrestling with something. Your spirit wants to follow God, glory to God, but your body still wants to follow the flesh. Your spirit wants to live right, but your body is wrestling with something. Glory to God. There's somebody on this line right now. Your spirit is telling you, I need to live holy. I need to live right in your mind. Glory to God. Your spirit is saying, I agree with God, but your flesh is saying, no, no, no. Let's try something. And so this is what Paul is saying. He said, yes, your spirit is alive, but you're still wrestling with the flesh. You still have to overcome the things of this world. You still have to overcome the part of you that still wants to lie itself up with the enemy. Glory to God. So Paul is saying, he said, there's going to come a day where our bodies are going to change. Ah, Glory to God. Not only will our spirits align with God, ah, but our bodies will align with God. He said, there's coming a day where we're going to have a glorious body. Romans 8 and 21 says, for I reckon, that the sufferings of his present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. 1 Corinthians 15 and 42 says, Paul says about this body, he says, so also in the resurrection of the dead, it is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. There's somebody who's experiencing all kinds of ailments in their body right now. You can't even raise your hand without feeling pain in your shoulder. You can't walk six feet without feeling pain in your feet, without feeling pain in your knees. And Paul is saying, yes, your spirit is alive, but God wants you to get to a place where your entire being, glory to God, is resurrected and your entire being has changed. Your entire being is different. And there's some people living right now as if they think they've reached the end, but God is saying, I need you to win it back in. I need you to come back in. God, glory to God, there's some people giving their lives over to the flesh. And God is saying, I want to kill that right now. I want you to give it to the spirit so that at some point when I do come back for you, glory to God, I will be able to revive everything in you. Glory to God. He said, I want you to experience that level of glory. Hallelujah to God. I want you to experience the ultimate level And there's some people, they thought they experienced God. God said, no, it it ain't nothing like this. God said, when I get done with you by the end, when I come back, what's waiting for you is greater than anything that you can receive on this earth. First Corinthians 15 and 52, it says, in a moment, hallelujah to God, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trump for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed for this corruption, corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. Paul is saying this is what I'm trying to get to. Hallelujah to God. This is what I'm trying to attain. I don't want just to be alive in my spirit but I want my body to be resurrected. I don't just wanna be aligned with God on the inside. But I want the body that I'll have to cooperate with my spirit. That's what Paul was saying in Romans 7 when I would do good, evil is almost always present. My spirit wants to live holy, but there's a part of me that's struggling. And God is saying, if you fight, if you fight the flesh, if you beat down the flesh daily, there's going to be a moment, there's going to be a time where I will release you from that struggle. Glory to God. But if you keep on giving in to the flesh, you won't make it to this next level of glory. If you keep on giving in to the things of the world, you won't attain that next level. And the true Christians, the glory of God, the true saints of God, they are looking for the return of the Lord. The true saints of God are saying, God, I'm not perfect. God, I haven't reached that level. The real saints are saying, as the old folks used to say, purge me with hissing. glory to God, creating me a clean heart. It's the fake saints that said, I I made it and I'm all right. And I ain't got to do nothing else. I ain't got to live holy. I ain't got to live right. But the real saints, they're the ones saying, God, I need you every day. I'm not going to act like I got it together. I'm not going to act like I've reached the pinnacle. I'm not going to act like I don't need God. I was saved once. And and that means that I can do whatever I want to do. The real saints are the saints are going to say, Lord, they're going to stay in their prayer calls and they're going to fast because they said, I'm not going to give this flesh a chance to live. I'm not going to give this flesh a chance to survive. Glory to God. The real saints are like Paul who are saying, I've done everything that a a church man could do. Ah, I preached to thousands. I preached to 10,000. I've done all of this. But yet, God, there's a level in you that I still want to get to. Hallelujah to God. God is telling some of you to return back to your prayer life, to return back to your fasting life, to return back to to, to how you were when you first got saved. There's some people that have gotten so comfortable in church that prayer is foreign to them now. That church has become a routine and it it has become a normal to them. But God is saying for some of you to get back to that awe, get back to that. Place where you could, you were craving God, glory to God, you were hungry for God, you were wanting God like you wanted your next meal, glory to God, you were trying to fight like Paul said that I might attain, I'm running this race. You are hungry for God like he, like your next breath. That's what God is saying. That I need some of you to get back to. You, 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 you've gotten stale in the spirit, and God is saying, I want you to get. Back to the place where you were hungry for me, where you depended on me, where you cried after me, where you wanted to fight for me. Glory to God. He said, I I want you to get back to that place because evidently you thought you made it. Oh, glory to God. Evidently you thought this was it. You thought I reached a pinnacle and I can relax. God has said, no, no, this is not the time to relax. This is the time to fight. This is the time to strive. Ah, glory to God, to follow the things of God. This is the time not to get so comfortable. Glory to God, in this world, not to get so comfortable. Ah glory to God. In this life, God is saying this is the time where you need to seek after me. So Paul was realizing he said I'm not complete. I am not complete yet. I have I have not reached that pinnacle. He said I'm not perfect, but I want to get there. Glory to God. He said I don't I don't, I don't want to miss what God has for me in the ultimate completeness, because I thought I got it here. Glory to God. There's some people satisfied with having just a big church, but God has said, no. He said, that's not the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal is heaven. Hallelujah to God. The ultimate goal is not having a lot of money. The ultimate goal is reaching everlasting life. Glory to God. The ultimate goal is not having a peaceful lifestyle and a luxurious lifestyle. The ultimate goal is reaching that other side whether you die early or late. That's the ultimate goal. And Paul was saying, I got to reach it. I got to get to it. I got to fight for it. I got to strive for it. Glory to God. Paul was excited. That's why he said in verse 12, of Philippians 3, he said, but I follow after. He said, I wherever it is taking me, wherever God is taking me, he said, I follow after it. Ah, wherever this gospel takes me, I run after it. Whatever direction God may be telling some of you to shift some habits in your life. He said, Wherever it takes you, follow after it. He may move you to another place, wherever God is taking you follow after it. He said, I follow after it, it that I might apprehend. The word apprehend means to arrest, to seize, to capture. Meaning Paul was excited about this. What Paul is wanting, what the saints should be looking for is not just passive. Oh, we're just waiting for the Lord to return. We're bored. We're just waiting. Paul said, I got to arrest this. I got to seize what's coming from God. I got to capture it. And the reason why so many saints have fallen by the wayside, because they're not excited about their salvation anymore. God, glory to God. They're not excited about what God is doing for them anymore. Christianity and salvation and holy living is not excited to, exciting to them anymore that they become lukewarm in their spirit. They become lukewarm in their walk because God doesn't intrigue them anymore. So they're not gonna make it because the world has become more intriguing and more exciting. That man, that woman, that thing has become more exciting to them than God himself. So what Paul, he said, I gotta follow after it. Because I'm excited to apprehend it. Ah, glory to God. Have you ever, ladies, have you ever saw something in the store that you you said, I got to get that. I got to I'll save up my money. I'll stand in line. I got to get that. You couldn't see yourself not having it. You couldn't see yourself not wearing it. Guys, a pair of Jordans or a nice suit or whatever it is, you couldn't see yourself not having it. That's why so many people stand in line for these Jordans and different things that they can't see themselves going home without it. And that's what Paul is saying. You got to be in a place when you walk with God. I can't see myself not being here. Glory to God. I can't see myself not making it. I can't see myself not praying. I can't see myself not fasting. I can't imagine a life where I'm not running after God. And that's what Paul is saying. I have to be excited about this. I got to be excited about his return. Ah, that's why some of our worship services are so stale. When God walks in the room, we're not even excited. Ah, glory to God. God, God comes and he sits in the service, and we're not even excited about it. Ah, oh, glory to God. But God said, I need you to get your excitement back. Paul here is saying, I got to arrest it, I got to seize it, I got to capture what God wants from me. He said, I, That for which also I am apprehended. I got to be excited about capturing and seizing God because he was very excited about capturing me. Ah, glory to God. Have you ever dated somebody who, who wasn't as excited to be around you as you was excited to be around them? That don't feel good. Ah, glory to God. It doesn't feel good to, you want to be around somebody that doesn't necessarily have the same excitement about you, so it's one-sided. And some of us treat God as one-sided. God is excited about us, but we aren't excited about him. Oh, glory to God. God is excited to be in our vicinity. He's excited to capture us and, and to love on us. And we just say, hey, God, God bless you. Praise the Lord. Where Paul is saying, God was excited about me, so I'm going to be excited about him. That's what he's saying. I'm following after, so I may apprehend, I may capture him for that which also I am apprehended. He arrested me so that I can arrest him. Oh, glory to God. He captured me so that I can capture him and that we just captured each other glory to God. But the saints in today's world, we're not excited about capturing God anymore. We're not excited about capturing the things of God. God is excited to hand them out to us. But we're taking it with a stale hand. Thank you. Where God said, I need you to be excited about my glory. Paul was saying, this is why I was saved. That's what the word saved mean, to be rescued from something, to be placed to the side during destruction so that you won't experience the same destruction that an unsaved person will experience. You are saved. You were rescued from that said destruction. Paul was saying, this is why I was saved. This is why he, he, he died for me. So that I can experience this ultimate goal, not so that I can stop short of it, not so that I can experience some of his blessing, but it's an I was saved so that one day I will be totally transformed. And how dare I miss, glory to God, the transformation of God. How dare I miss the ultimate goal? Because I got distracted close to the end. Ah, how dare I miss the ultimate goal? Because I got distracted on my way to glory. How dare it? How dare I miss the blessings of God? because I got distracted three-quarters in. So Paul is saying, I'm excited. But he knows, although I'm excited, I am the only one who can disqualify myself from the prize. Nobody else can disqualify me. Nobody else can stop me from getting this blessing. He says, I am the only one who can stop myself from achieving this. That's why he says in 1 Corinthians, he said, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. He said, I do. God's not going to force me to do nothing. God died on the cross and hey, he did his work. He says, now it's, it's time for you. He said, I, I put the Holy Ghost in you to warn you, to talk to you. I put the Holy Ghost in you to to, to help you live right. But he said, I'm not going to force you to do anything. If you're going to get to heaven, it's because you chose to live through me. You chose to follow me. If you're going to experience the resurrection, it's because you chose. I didn't make you choose. I didn't make you live holy. You chose to follow my lead. And that's what Paul is saying. But I kept under my body. but I keep under my body and bringing it to subjection, lest by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway, meaning disqualified. He says, the fact that I preached to thousands don't matter. The fact that I pastored for a long time don't matter. If I'm preaching, but I'm still living a mess behind closed doors, he said, they might get saved, but I'll still be disqualified because I didn't choose to live safe. Paul said, I am the only one who can disqualify myself from the future blessing. The devil can't take it from me. My friends can't take it from me. He says, me, the most powerful enemy that I have is me. The devil ain't that powerful. Yeah, he got some power but the most powerful enemy is you. If you don't sit yourself down and listen to the Holy Ghost, ah, glory to God. If you, ah, glory to God, don't pay attention to God. If you don't take care of the things that you need to take care of in your life and shut down the enemy, then you will disqualify yourself. That's why Paul was saying, I count not myself to have apprehended. He said, "I haven't made it." But he said, "But this one thing—if there's only one thing I do in this life, this one thing I do, forgetting—I'm almost finished—forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forth unto those things which are before." He said, "Yeah, I might have failed before. I might have had a." crazy life before. Uh, I might have did all kinds of things. He said, but I'm not worried about that. I'm reaching forth. And to reach forth means to be active. I'm actively looking forward. I'm actively reaching toward the mark. I'm actively pressing toward the mark. And yes, when you're pressing, there's going to be some resistance. But he says, I'm actively pressing toward this mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul is saying, I understand how serious this is. Glory to God. I understand that I got to keep my flesh under subjection. I understand that I have to fight and press toward the mark. I understand that I can disqualify me. I understand it. And when God gets back, there ain't going to be no excuses. God, they hurt me. God's going to be like, well, they hurt me too. Ah. church hurt with not being excuse. God, I was hurt by a church. I was hurt by the church too. God, they failed me. They failed me too. That that's going to be God's answer. God, I, I, I wasn't strong enough. Well, I told you when you're weak, then I'm strong. I, I, to, I promise you, I will give you the strength. God, I was a pastor and I was tired of pastoring, so I, I went to the world. God going to say, well, I gave you the strength to, to live holy. Excuses won't matter. He's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. God is giving us the tools to make it to that destiny, to make it to the resurrection of the body, to make it to the rapture. He's giving us the tools in this word every week to make it. And he's made it easy. He's covered us under his blood. So we ain't even got to work that hard. When we fall, get back up. It's under the blood. He's making it easy for us. But yet there are some people who are going to say, I can't do it. The world is more appealing than God. Ah, glory to God. Paul said, I got to fight. I got to make it to the finish line. It's not enough just to make it three quarters of the way. It's not enough. If you ever seen a race, give me five more minutes. If you ever seen a race on, on the Olympics, you could have been in the front the whole way. I've seen plenty of races where there's somebody who was running in front for a long time. And they ran out of gas on the last stretch. And so the person who was behind them won. Woo! glory to God. They were on good pace. They were doing great. They were running in front of everybody. But they couldn't hold on in the last stretch. And the person who was behind them had better conditioning than them. I've seen it many times in high school races, TV races. I've seen it many times. And I would ask, why couldn't they finish the race? It was somebody I was watching, and I I saw them do this in multiple races. I said, "What what is it about them that they can't finish? What is it about their conditioning that they start out well, but they never finish well? And that's a lot of saints. They're starting out well, but they have a problem finishing. And that's what God is coming to strengthen us today. Paul said, I haven't reached that level yet. So I have to do this that I might attain. I have to know him. I have to experience the fellowship of his suffering that I might attain. And I have to experience this daily that I might get there, that I might press that I might finish the race. What God is telling somebody today, whether you get the millions of dollars, whether you get that wife, whether you get that husband, whether you get that new job or not, whether that house comes, that checks in the mail comes or not, that's not the ultimate goal. Whether the church survives or the church closes down next week, who cares? The ultimate goal is, will you make it? When God comes, your house won't be on the other side. In fact, you have a brand new house. The body you have now won't be on the other side. The job won't be on the other side. The money won't be on the side. And God retrusts, we won't have dollars and coins like that on the side. So God said, you are trying to get all that now, but you're forfeiting the ultimate goal. It's great to have it. But will you want all of that? at the cost of losing your soul. Have it and still live saved. But there's some people, they're going after the things of the world and giving up what God wants in their lives. God is saying to this bunch in the relationship church, don't forfeit me. You haven't arrived yet. I don't care how long you've been saved. There are some levels that you still need to experience. There's a glory. There's a stage. There's a destined end that hasn't happened yet. Don't give up before it happens. Don't act like you arrived when you haven't arrived. There's still more work to do in the kingdom. There's still more work to do within your own self. And Paul was saying, this is what I'm saved for. Until that ultimate day comes, I'm going to keep on fighting to live the way God called me to live. And that's my word today. Finish the race. Do what God called you to do. Achieve the heavenly prize. Keep your eyes on him. Attain the level that
0: he calls you to attain, and you're going to be all right. God bless you. We pray that today's message has been a blessing and makes an eternal impact on your life. Join us live on Sundays at 12.45 p.m. Central Time. If you're in the St. Louis metro area, we meet at 1060 Chambers Road, just off Bell Fountain Road, about a mile south of Highway 270. You can also join us via Zoom. The login number is 314-720-8880. You can call that number to reach someone on our ministry team or text the word connect there to be in the know regarding upcoming events. Again, that number is 314 720 8880. Relationship Church is the whole life church, so come grow with us.